time. Hello, everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 65 of My Mom Sandy. We are your hosts. I am Josh Fasson, and the woman next to me is officially vaccinated, has gotten her two doses of the vaccine of the COVID, the SARS-CoV-2 COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic vaccine. This is My Mom Sandy. Yeah, I just I just actually turned on our podcast on my on my phone. Did you hear it in the background? No, I the music? I heard you doing something, and I was like, "What is she doing?" Yeah, yeah. No, it just accidentally went on. I was checking to see what episode it was. Mm. So right. anyway, um, yes, I'm fully vaccinated uh, until they come out with a booster because you know we've got variants. So are you? So when was your second dose, and how how second? was the experience for you? Second dose was last Tuesday. I didn't get the um, the VIP treatment that I got the first time around. Hmm. Interesting, Bonnie. Interesting. Yeah, they were um, super, super busy. I mean, the last time I was there, I swear, there was maybe like five people getting vaccines. They had a big testing center outside. But this time around, they had a big, uh, like a, you know, long line of people outdoors and they had to move everything up to the second floor, and it was, you know, I mean, you, know, you go in and you sit in this room with probably, I don't know, maybe 12 or 15 other people, socially distanced, of course. <laughs> and they just, and, and they go you, around the room and they just jab them all, jab all, do they use the same, no, the same no, needle? No, no, that's, no, that's, yes, they use the same needle. It's kind of like the same anal swab as well. Um no, you do, you go to the counter and you, you know, you kind of check in and you do your paperwork and there's all questions they ask you every time, like if you're on blood thinners, if you have allergies, you know, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so you go do that and then you go back and sit down and then they call you to the, to this back area where they have like lots of rooms with curtains, uh, dividing them and they have probably, I'm going to say, I don't know, maybe 10, 10 of those. And you go into one of those and they give you the vaccine and then they go and they sit you in this hallway down the hall a bit and you wait for, some people only waited for 15 minutes. I had to wait for 30 because I do have allergies to drugs. So, um, so anyway, then you do that and then you leave and you check out and then you got your little vaccine card and I don't know why they didn't make it so that it's like, so that it easily fits into like a, you know, like a plastic picture thing for your wallet. Yeah, it's big, or right? I mean, I feel like the the, the pictures yeah. I've seen of it, it's like it's like a three by five maybe or bigger. It's not. No, it's not a three by five, but it's too big to fit into anything <laughs> to fit into anything that's out there to like laminate it except to laminate it. And it's, you know, it's kind of stiff cardboard, but not that stiff. I mean, I could see where if you've got to carry that damn thing around with you everywhere, you know, I actually went and got like I had these um, the those plastic, you know, uh, name tag things where you you fill in the, you know, you write in the name on the card and then you put it in the plastic and then you can pin it on your shirt. Oh, it's like a badge holder. Yeah, like a badge holder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I had um, a package of those. So I opened one up and I had, of course, it's too big to fit into one of those. So I had to use two of them and kind of tape it together just so that it has some strength to it because, I mean, I, you know, I can see this being like your, 
passport to life. Well, so number that's one like, and number two, I can also see them at some point charging you to replace it. Well, so that's like that's kind of a question that I have is that like, um, what happens when, um, hold on, uh, okay, uh, what happens when that like because it's just like written on with like penning, right? Yeah, so, so like, like if you spilled something on there, right, or even more so, like if it is like let's just say you fold it up like a man, like he folds it up, he puts it in his wallet. Like, I mean that that shit ain't gonna that ain't gonna last forever. So like, no. what happens when the penning starts to kind of like go away? I mean, like yeah, do you get a new card? Do you know, or is this is this a yearly uh, vaccine now? I don't. You know? I don't think we. I don't think we know that part of it just yet. But as far as getting a yearly card or even getting another card, it's like the gal who checked me in, we talked about the cards because I had to show her my card to show that I had my first vaccine and she took all my information off of there. So um, so she was saying, she's, she's like, yeah, she goes, this is like a weird size. She goes, I want to laminate mine, but I'm not sure if I can, if we're allowed to. And I said, yeah, I said, it's not going to stand up to a lot of wear and tear. And, um, she goes, yeah, she goes, I can see, I can see at some point that they're going to start charging you like three bucks for replacing the card, you know, another, another moneymaker for the government. Well, the thing is like, I wouldn't even mind, like, I wouldn't mind spending three bucks or five bucks if they sent me like a credit card that like had my details on it and it was like embossed the way that they like emboss credit cards or whatever. Yeah. But the other thing, though, is that if this is a yearly thing, then I could see them just being like, oh, okay, fucking your card's out. Go get your fucking vaccine again. You know, like. Well, the other thing is, is that I don't know how easy it is to replicate it. Well, I was going to say that, too, is like all these people post, all these people have been posting their cards like on their Instagram and being like, oh, vac- you know, vaccinated, like first dose, second dose, you know, and it's like. I know what the, I know what it looks like. You know, I would imagine that like yeah. anyone who's decent at you know photo. I mean, you, it's like you're not printing money here. You know, you're literally just printing a fucking index card, putting some details on it. So it's like then you have that. You know, are you going to have people who are going to be showing that to get on planes and stuff? Like, yeah, I well, don't know. or or are you going to be allowed to take a picture of it and show it to get on an airplane or get into a concert? So you don't have to always have the card with you. Yeah, and if you can do that, then fucking a, you can just Photoshop it and put it in your phone and yeah i feel like you know. they've got to barcode it at some point or something so that they you can like scan it you know or like just Im- implant maybe like implant something like in your hand so you can like fingerprint <laughs> sensor and they and then they, you know they can control you well you know they've already done that with a vaccine it's called a liquid microchip mm, perfect so let me ask yes. you do you feel so you have about another week until you're the full like 95 percent um yeah. right so yeah yeah supposedly but you know again you know we've got the 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 naysayers the the doom and gloomers Mm. oh yeah you can't you know uh, even if you're vaccinated you're still not good so you know like fuck them i mean i yeah i have like another week fuck them i know so do you feel safe do you feel safer i mean do you feel better um i feel safer yes am i gonna i mean i'm not gonna go out and party and shit like that right obviously you weren't really going out and partying before covid but you know you're not gonna run down the street and lick telephone poles but do you feel better do you feel better about going to the store just the just the concrete in front of my house perfect it has the right amount of salt and calcium in it (laughs) i mean like oh good jeez. 
Um, yeah, I mean, like I had that feeling a little bit after I got better, you know, where I did feel, you know, because it was like, oh, well, you have antibodies and, you know, although reinfection is possible, they were saying that, you know, the reinfection rate is very, very low. So I did feel better. I felt, you know, there was a point in time where I was just like, okay, I, f- I feel pretty good about doing stuff. No. Well, and and you had your antibody test. You have antibodies. Yeah, I have the antibodies. They're there. So that's a good thing. Um, I, you know, the the problem is, is I don't know how long it lasts for, number one. And number two, they say even with the vaccine that you can still get it, but it might present itself as a cold or, you know, something very minor as opposed to something that ends you up on a respirator in the hospital. Well, I think that so, that's the whole point in it of it, right? And we've talked about this before, so I don't want to, I don't want to deep dive back into that, but the vaccine was never put out, at least this vaccine, these Pfizer's, these Moderna's, and I would say even the J&J, they were not put out to make it so you could not get COVID. It was basically right. so that you had a fighting chance to, you know, maybe you survive have a, it. To survive it, right? Yeah. So it's like maybe you have a sore throat for a couple of days, maybe you have a fever for a day, but you're not going into the hospital, right? And I think that for elderly people for people who are 65 and older i think it's a great thing it's like let's get the fucking numbers down let's get the strain and the stress off the hospitals calling me me elderly i'm saying for elderly people you're 49 so obviously i wouldn't be saying that you know i know i don't know how i got the vaccine when i did but what a relief um so but we will i i am concerned about long i'm still concerned about long-term effects of the vaccine because I've had some medical issues since, and I just, you know, I, I can't help but think that it didn't really cause it, but that maybe, you know, you know, the ba- the body has a balance. And when you start throwing in like a big super dose of, you know, a booster of immunity, you know, who knows? I don't really know exactly how the body works if it you know, maybe take some protection away from some parts of the body to deal with this new thing, or I don't know. But like I said, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be an interesting journey to see. I mean, look, tons of people are getting vaccinated every single day. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, over the next six months, over the next year, not only what happens with COVID, but what happens with everyone who's getting vaccinated. And, you know, I mean, look, this could be what if what if this what if you live forever because of this? Um, yeah, I would only want to live forever if I could live fairly pain-free and I have my doubts about that. (laughs) This could be the, this could be the, and and mentally, okay, pain-free and mentally stable. I don't think that that lasts forever. Mm -hmm. I don't think the brain and the body are meant to last forever, but, um, yeah, I would be more concerned about it taking you out early in some sort of way. Yeah. You know, again, I don't know. I mean, I just know that there's things that I want to do. I want to go to Home Depot. I want to go to, I want to look for some fabric for my chairs. You know, there's things that I, I need to go to the doctors and have some stuff done. And I don't want to have to be super paranoid about doing it. So, um, you know, so this it, it, so far is okay. Good. All right. Good. So anyway, and good. you have antibodies, so you and I don't have to mask up. I know. I mean, totally. Um, so. all right. So we missed last week. There was just some scheduling stuff and things happening. So we didn't, we weren't able to do a podcast last week. Um, you had also, you were getting vaccinated on Tuesday morning. So there was just a lot happening. Um, but 
there was something we had talked about on the last couple episodes that I think was interesting enough. And I wanted to do kind of like uh, what we had done with like the Elisa Lamb thing. Uh, also kind of stay off of the COVID and the government talk because I just feel like it's just that's all you see right now. Um, uh, but I, I do have to I have one thing I want to say about government stuff. Right, do you want to do and that? I, you want to just do it now? Just I just want to do it right now. Yeah, get it right out of the way. Um, I haven't been reading a lot of news lately, but I did catch this news story. In San Francisco, they they spent $16.1 million to purchase 262 tents for homeless people. Is that fucking ridiculous? That's $190 per night, $61,000 per year per tent. And this is, this is what's infuriating. This is why we have Skid Row. This is why we have so many fucking homeless people. And by the way, I'm seeing pictures of them in Washington, D.C. I mean, again, what the fuck? What, what is the government doing about any of this? I don't understand why it's going on and why you're paying $190 a night to sit in a fucking tent. <laughs> yeah, I've stayed at hotels. I've stayed at hotels like when I was on tour for like $66 a night. They were, way better than a tent there's a problem right there's a problem we talked about this and i don't want to go i don't because we had a whole conversation about this but there is a homeless problem and i don't think that the let's spend and it's nation and it's nationwide and totally. i don't and, i don't understand why it's not being addressed the solution is not let's just buy Millions and millions and millions of dollars worth of tents that's not the solution it's to this like crazy. it's yeah. you know that's not gonna work and at what point do you say, "Hey, okay, so now we have now we have too many tents on the street. So now, then what? Then what do you do? What what then then what happens? You know, you again, you can't just say, "Here, here's some tents." Like that's not. Well, the, ha- yeah, I mean, they ha- they had this picture of this. It looked like a a square of some sort, where like a town square in San Francisco, where you know the tents were like socially distanced. So you know, but it was like. Seriously, and oh, and and then they they put it. They brought in a. Oh no, that was another. That was another. Uh, I thought saw a homeless thing on uh, homeless people in Washington D.C. where they brought in a a porta potty. Well, I don't. You know, a porta potty seems to me like maybe the easiest way to spread COVID. I don't know. Anyway, I you know, I mean, I'm I'm not fixing the problem, but I'm just I'm really ashamed that. This is a problem, not just in our state, but everywhere else. And I know down here in L.A. when they talked about, you know, when they they're taking extra money out of our sales tax to fund, you know, housing for the homeless, where the fuck it is, I don't know. You know, they're talking about they talked about they couldn't they couldn't buy a a home for a homeless person for less than five hundred thousand dollars. I'm like, man, Josh, you should be homeless. (laughs) <laughs> well, you know, again, you like, have a $500,000 home. Again, you know, that's the whole thing too, right? Like I don't mind paying a little bit more in sales tax to help this situation. But again, it has to be it, the government and the officials have to have to do better than saying, yeah. oh, well, here we bought tents. Because that's not fucking, yeah. that doesn't work. And by the way, you can go to yeah. fucking like, you can go to Big Five and buy tents for like fucking $50, you know? I so know. it's like, what, what, fucking, a, that's our government. And you know, it's just very easy to spend somebody else's money. And that's, that's basically tax money. When you pay your taxes in a couple weeks, that money, that some of that money is going to go towards these stupid, 
you know, really, really expensive crap that doesn't need to be. I mean, it's just it's just fucking unreal. I mean, like years ago, they talked about, you know, the federal government, like there was contracts out there for like, they, you know, 70 bucks for a screw. <laughs> it's like, it's crazy. Are you fucking crazy? Yeah. Are you, are you fucking kidding me? Anyway, again, it's really easy to spend somebody else's money. But that, in essence, that's our money. That's your money. That's my money. That's, you know, money that could go towards important and uh humane things well and that's I mean, a, and that's the whole thing is like and, a lot know, of poverty and there shit. was something you know there was something recently um you know i think there was like nine or eleven politicians that wouldn't sign off on the minimum wage uh increase you know and it mm-hmm. showed like how much money they made or how or their like net worth they're all you know 10.4 million 12.7 million like I mean, these these people they are, all are Josh. They, that's what I'm saying. It, it that's, yeah, matter, that's that doesn't matter if they signed off on no, it. No, no, no. I know, but I think they that have it's, no clue as totally. to what it's like to live on exactly. fifteen dollars an hour. But I think which that it's, you can't you can't live like that here. Totally, but I, I think, think that, that it's ballsy to at least if you're if you're saying, hey, yes, let's push this through, right? At least you're giving people a fucking shot. But to to be like, no, we don't think that this should. You know, we don't think minimum wage should go up. But yet, the people who are making that ruling are fucking millionaires. Just shows the 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 divide, the the bigger divide well, between okay, the rich but, and the okay, poor. So, you know exactly. But here's the thing, Josh. It's even worse than that because the people that are pushing fifteen dollars an hour, surely they know in the state of California that you cannot survive at fifteen dollars an hour forty hours a week. It's not fucking possible. You just can't do it. So it's even more insulting that they think that $15 an hour is an answer to the problem because it ain't. It's just not. And on top of that, they go behind the back of, you know, they go behind, they allow cheap labor to come in from India and China so that the big tech companies and the, and the major manufacturing companies can get cheap labor. So, I mean, it's even worse, you know, it's worse because it's like they say one thing, but all their actions are totally against it. The reason they don't want to do a $15 an hour minimum wage, and I, and I kind of agree with it, is first of all, $15 an hour in Idaho is like way, way better than $15 an hour in LA, right? I mean, the cost of living is, I mean, I mean, you're probably going to be a rich man in Idaho, because you're probably minimum waging at like eight bucks an hour. So that's a, that's great for that person. But is that really necessary? I mean, shouldn't it be like incremental depending on maybe where you live? Number one, number two, it's not a good time to raise minimum wage right now because there's so many small businesses that that law would hit and people who want to go back to working, you know, may get laid off. Businesses may not be able to afford to pay that right now. It's just not a, you know, a time to do that type of thing would be um, like prior to the COVID. Okay, fair enough. But there's economy, but they've got to do economy was booming totally. But they've got to do something, right? Like you can't just keep letting it go on the way that it's going on, where the rich are getting richer, the poor are getting poorer, the working class is kind of just staying the same, but yet house prices are going up, rent prices are going up, like. You know, when I moved out, you know, I don't know, mid to late twenties, you know, I think I was paying uh, what the fuck was it, ten fifty, you know, ten fifty a month in rent, maybe eleven hundred, and then I think they raised it, and then I ended up moving into another apartment a couple years after, and that apartment was eleven forty five, 
you know, and then they raise that after, you know, three or four years to 1600, you know, and now I'm paying just short of two grand. And yet, yeah. you know, like, I mean, I've had to raise my prices and take the pandemic out of this, but like, I've had to raise my prices on haircuts to be able to live. Like I couldn't, I couldn't continue to charge what I was charging, you know, 10 years ago. You know, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't no. be able to, I wouldn't be able to make enough money on rent. You know, Listen, my, my mother pays 2300 and she lives in a smaller place than you. And on top of that, the thing that really pisses me off is that if you went to rent an apartment in that building now, they're only charging 1900 for yeah, it's it. It's crazy. Crazy. Yeah. So it's like, you know, and when, when the lease was up, would they renegotiate with me? No, no. The reason they don't renegotiate is because if they did it with me, they'd have to do it with everybody. Well, they also know that like, like a lot of the times it's a, it's a fucking hassle. You know, this is where they get you. A lot of these places know it's a fucking hassle to move. It sucks. No one likes moving. Oh, I know. They what they did was they they were nice enough to offer me a two bedroom, like across the courtyard, and I'm like, number one, we don't need a new a two bedroom. Number two, I'm going to have to hire people during COVID to come in and move my mother and all of her stuff, and it's like. To me, it's not. It's just not worth it. But even you it's know, take just, take you know, COVID out of the. But that's the, that's. But that's the thing. That's right. where they get you. It's right. a pain in the ass. And take COVID out of the either. equation. It sucks to move regardless of what it is. It's just, it's not right. fun. Moving is not fun, you know? And, right. you know, calling the internet company and calling the the electric company and like doing all the, the, the shit sucks. It mm-hmm. sucks. It's a hassle. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's where they get you. Cause they're like, Oh, look, you know, even when they start raising rent, you know, you, you sign a lease for a year, they raise your rent after the first year, they raise your rent after the second year. They're betting on the fact that like, Oh, he's not going to move out. They're not going to move out. Yeah. They'll just, they'll just yeah. pay it. They'll pay it. Cause moving out is a fucking hassle, you know? And I think a lot about that now because my my lease, I think, is up in like September, September, October. And, you know, I think about it. I think like, well, you know, what if they raise the rent? A, how much can they raise it? B, you know, what what would I do? Because everything that I looked at, like this was one of the cheapest places where I'm living now was one of the cheapest financially uh, of what I was looking at. So even if they raise it it's still going to be on par with what some of the other buildings I was looking at were costing at that time. Who knows what they're going to be a year later, you know, yeah. you would hope that some of these well, places I, have I think a, I think a lot of places um, have not done rent increases. Like again, my mother's building is, you know, they're renting them at 1900. But what, she, what she did tell me was that as soon as the COVID thing is over, they're going to raise the rent. So they're going to raise the rent for new renters. So, what I'm saying is that I think depending on, you know, how how much property is available here, you know, availability, what the going rate is, how badly somebody wants to rent the place. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, especially in some of these small buildings, if you couldn't even negotiate your rent. You know? Well, and I, and I got to imagine that whenever the moratorium is up, there's going to be a ton of vacancies. And I think a lot of these people are going to be trying to get tenants in so you would hope that the tenants who are paying rent and and are in buildings that maybe that these places are not going to raise rent just out of good faith to be like hey we're not going to like you know these people have been paying rent on time for the fucking last whatever we're not going to go fucking hit them you know during a pandemic or directly after a pandemic i i have no doubt that rents are going to go up at some point in the future that's just the fucking game right unless everything crashes but um yeah, it's just, you know, fucking. Well, you do have a, I mean, you certainly would have a case to say, you know, look, you know, you guys got to, you need to understand that. I mean, they're still making the same amount of money unless people aren't paying them. I don't know. 
Yeah, I have no idea. You know, I mean, maybe. I pay my rent on the first of every month. I've you know never missed a month. Um, but I mean, my work has been cut in half. You know, I mean, I'm working. I know two that's days the thing week, is that's you know? what. Yeah, that's why I'm wondering what you know. I mean, it would be cruel and unusual for them to raise your rent during a pandemic when our city has been closed for damn near close to a year, starting the 19th of March. You know, things have been open and closed off and on, and you know, businesses are gone and, you know, it's just, it's really quite pathetic, actually. And we will cross that bridge when we get there, but I want to talk about something without, because I feel like we, this is what happens. We start the podcast, we have this whole thing, and then we get, we we digress into all these different things. and Digress. I digress. Uh, Go ahead. So, so what do you want to talk about? All right. So you had talked about, um, and we've discussed it on the podcast before, but in keeping up with the Unsolved Mysteries and the Elisa Lamb case and everything... Um, I felt like there was a lot of people who who had reached out to me who listened to our episodes on Elisa Lam, and they didn't even they had never known about those cases. So I want to bring another case kind of to light. Did they did they watch the special? Because Some I did. Feel like, yeah, because yeah. I feel like that um, re- really brought it into focus. And I know, like a friend of mine was saying, that a bunch of people that he kind of hangs out with were have been talking about Elisa Lam and the Yeah, Cecil I mean I've Hotel. had I've had several people who were like, "Oh, I watched the Cecil Hotel thing" or "Oh, I, you know, I listened to the My Mom and Sandy episode and then I watched the thing and then I, you know, um and I think that when you have something on the platform of like a Netflix or a Hulu or an Amazon, now it's in the spotlight a little bit. So, I wanted to touch on one that you've talked about several times on the podcast that not necessarily oh, is I... is in the spotlight, but it is the uh, the curious case of Rebecca Zahau. Yes. Now Rebecca Zahau. So uh, this is uh, what the fucking I'm on a I'm on a website filmdaily.co. I was trying to find some because uh, I just wanted to give everyone like the rundown before we get into it. Uh, well, we have talked about this case. We have before. so this, so we're going to kind of rehash it and then we'll just kind of go over the death stuff and then we'll talk about kind of you know what we think happened and then we'll fucking end it. Uh, so Rebecca Zahau. That's Z A H A U Zahau. So she was a Burmese immigrant. Having fled Burma with her family, she was raised Protestant, married a nursing student in 2002, but they divorced nine years later. Rebecca went on to become an optham, opt, optimolic, ophthalmic, 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 What? What? Yeah, I think so. Yep. Uh-huh. How do you say that? Opta. Op- Opti- I don't know. I'm, I'm not. I'm not reading it. So All right. So know. she became an optical technician. What happens? That's what happens when we do remote mm-hmm. in Arizona. And it was at this job, examining people's eyes, that Rebecca would then lock eyes with Jonah Shaknai. Shaknai. Um, very rich man. They began dating in 2009, about two years before she and her husband divorced. At first, Rebecca had no idea that Jonah Shaknai was the CEO of Medicis Pharmaceutical, a multi-million dollar medical cosmetics company. Uh, don't get me started on pharmaceutical companies. Rebecca's, yeah. Rebecca's sister, Mary Zahau, uh, Lenner, Loner, Lenner, said that their parents were a little trepidatious about the relationship, perhaps, perhaps because of their conservative background, but there was no bad blood between them per se. Rebecca had been coming close to had becoming close to Jonah's son Max. So Jonah had a son. Um, oh, what just happened? What just happened? This website that I'm on keeps like popping me back to the top, which is not good. Uh, Max. Mm-hmm. Max was a child from Jonah's second marriage, and Rebecca had 
and he had developed very a very warm relationship with each other. Now, while Max's mother wasn't exactly keen on her ex-husband's girlfriend being close with her son, sometimes she made it difficult, she also didn't forbid it. Now, let's get into the juicy shit here, okay? Uh, on July 11th, 2011, 6-11-11, oh no, July 7, 7-11-11, 7-11-11. There you go. Okay. Uh, a terrible accident occurred in Jonah's Coronado, California mansion. So Coronado's down like San Diego area, I guess, yeah? Yeah, it's on an island. It's very oh, yeah. ritzy place. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Rebecca and her teenage sister, Zena, as in warrior princess, were babysitting Max. Rebecca emerged from a room in the house to find that Max had somehow plummeted off the second floor railing. Rebecca discovered him face down on the floor and not breathing. She alerted her sister and they called 911. Max sustained injuries to his spinal cord and facial bones, but doctors were able to bring him into a coma state. Not good. Rebecca was beside herself. Her sister Mary recalls Rebecca freaking out about how mad Max's mother would be. She's going to kill me. Mary said, Rebecca repeated. Two days Ooh, later. That's ominous. Ominous. <laughs> two days later, Rebecca was found dead, hanging nude by her neck off a balcony. But Max's mother had been holding a vigil by her son's bedside at the night of Rebecca's death. Five days later, Max passed away due to brain damage. Uh, so let's see here. Max's death was officially ruled an accident on July 26, 2011. But the question now was what on earth had happened to Rebecca? The only people in the house on the night of Rebecca's death were Rebecca herself and Jonah's brother, dun, 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 Adam Shacknai. Adam had flown in from Tennessee. To, oh, see, it just did it again. Hold on. Hold on. Let's scroll back down. That's what you get for reading. You should have just memorized all this. Mm, no. Uh, uh, okay. Adam had flown in from Tennessee to support his brother Jonah during such a trying time. Jonah said that Rebecca and Adam didn't know each other well, but that they were both still exceedingly cordial to one another. If this really was the case, it begs the question of how Rebecca died the way she did. Adam had called 911 at 6.48 in the morning after Rebecca had died to inform them of her condition. And I quote, I got a girl, hung herself, he reported to the emergency operators. He proceeded to let them know that he didn't think she was breathing, but that he was performing CPR. A neighbor later reported that they had heard a woman screaming for help the night before. Um, Adam had been staying in the estate's guest house and said that when he noticed Rebecca's body hanging from the balcony that morning, that he cut her down to try to help her. Despite the fact that Rebecca's corpse was found completely bound and gagged, police ruled Rebecca's death a suicide. They even went as far as reenacting how one might possibly go about binding themselves before jumping to their deaths by hanging to oh, prove it was possible. Oh, just, so let me ugh. let me just say this, and then we'll get into it. So... Um, she, so this is, I'm going to kind of paint a picture here. This is a little graphic. I wanted to say that uh, ahead of times, but if you're not into this kind of shit, just turn the podcast off. Um, she was, uh, so she was, she had, was over the balcony naked, hung from the neck. Um, the rope that. Rebecca supposedly used to hang herself was so long that it was tied all the way to a bedpost in the bedroom and then draped over the balcony. She was found hanging off. Uh, She was found with her hands and feet both bound by a thick red rope and Rebecca's mouth was gagged by a blue t-shirt that was wrapped around her neck and she was naked. So 
uh, that. Yeah, sounds like sounds like something I'd do if I was going to commit suicide. Seriously. Uh, let's see if I got anything else here for you. And uh, that's what they and, did. They they the police ruled it a suicide. And on one of the doors in the house had been written, "She saved him. Can he save her?" In black paint. Yeah. Officials were hesitant to confirm this information at first, and investigators chose to view it as a suicide note. Rebecca the house family maintains that the message was not written in Rebecca's handwriting and that it didn't sound like something she would have written. Uh, when professionals ex- examined Rebecca's body, they found evidence of sexual assault as well as four instances of trauma to the head. The theory of Rebecca's head being hit as she dangled from the rope after jumping was posited, posited, posited. But it was noted that it would be unlikely for her body to have uh, rebounded that many wait, times. Wait, 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 wait. They found evidence of sexual assault? She was on her period. Rebecca's they found evidence of sexual assault. Yes. She was, I mean, that's the weird thing is she was having her period and she was naked. Again, I know you're not a woman and I know you've never had a period, but I would not want to be naked with my period. I mean, she had like no protection or anything. So... So I, here, so this was interesting. So, and I don't know if you know this, but... The did Z- they find DNA on her? Uh, I don't have that. So the Zahao family um, sued Adam Shekney, alleging that right. he had sexually assaulted Rebecca, murdered her, and then tried to stage it as a suicide. It was a civil case instead of a criminal one. And the 9-3 to ruling by jury decided the verdict of holding Adam Shekney responsible for Rebecca's death, but Adam is not allowed to be officially charged with murder. That's Why weird. is he not allowed to be officially charged for murder? I knew that they had that the family had sued for wrongful death. And I knew that they had won. Um, but I don't know why he can't be charged officially by the police for murder because except for the fact that they the police may not think they have enough evidence. I mean I mean here's the thing. The guy's uh the guy's uh works on a ferry boat or something on the Mississippi or something. Mm-hmm. He and there's knows a, all there's a two thousand. He knows all about uh you know, knots and, I mean, the knots that were ba- binding Rebecca Zahau were, you know, they weren't just like haphazard knots. They were like official, like Navy knots or seaman knots or whatever. Seaman? Seaman knots. There you go. Is that when you take the rope and you just dip it, in, you dip it in sperm or what? Uh, yeah, that's exactly it's what it is. A seaman knot? A seaman knot. Like- <laughs> You guys ever see a it's, semen knot? It's just not. It's just not semen. What can I say? So there's a 2019 documentary, Rebecca's a How, an ID murder mystery, and it takes a, a look uh, deeper into Rebecca's case, which I'm sure you've seen. So let's get I've into it. it. Let's yeah. let's get into it. Sandy Fast and PI is on the case. Um, again, another strange murder case, or uh, yeah, another strange murder case to kind of go up there with. Well, yeah, and. I, and- and I wonder if there's like facts and things that they haven't told us that that the police haven't released to the public. That oh, I'm sure. I mean, even like, just reading this, right? Like, I'm just like, well, where the fuck's where's all the rest of the fucking evidence here? You know, like where's all the rest of the shit, right? Like, there's no fingerprints on the scene. There's no fucking like, I don't know. You know, I mean, it sounds. I think that if you well, have a and what's and what's the proof of sexual assault? I mean, this, I mean, to me, that sounds like. Like a semen knot. <laughs> he just nodded, he nodded like up that semen and stuck it right inside it her. Sounds like, it sounds like maybe he left traces of semen, which would be DNA. I mean, how do you, how do you know? 
Well, no, I, I think I a sexual assault could be there could be uh, bruises you, on her breasts. No, like some you know some some tearing, you know maybe some some rough some rough tearing down there. Yeah, you know. But yeah, but all right. Well, I don't know. You know, I watch a lot of these shows, and from what yes, I understand, you do. yes, you just do. from touching somebody, you leave your DNA. So how do you have how do you commit a sexual assault on somebody? without leaving DNA anywhere. I just, you know, I mean, did they check? I'm wondering how thorough of a job the police actually did. Well, I also think that, you know, you got to wonder like, okay, well, at what point, you know, did the police come in and just say, oh, it's a suicide and then fucking just trample and destroy all, everything and then, you know, come back and go, ah, maybe it's fucking, you know, I mean, it seems like from the article I just read, it seems like, uh, and that was from, I think, filmdaily.co, uh, filmdaily.co, yeah. You know, it seems like that's what the police went with um, right off the bat was, hey, See, this, is, this is a suicide, right? But it's very yeah. odd because, again, like, and, you know, I mean, never once have I thought, hmm, I'm going to kill myself. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to tie, I'm going to jump off the balcony with, I'm going to hang myself off the balcony. I'm going to tie this rope to the bedpost, not to the to the balcony, but to the bedpost. I'm going to take off all my clothes because that's kind of kinky and tie my hands up and my feet. It's going to be hard to jump over the balcony, but I'll figure gag it out a way. Myself. And let me, and by gag the way, myself. while I'm at it, let I'm me gonna, gag then myself. I'm going to fucking hop over this really high uh, ledge here to get over the balcony. I mean, that's just crazy. I mean, it's just, to me, it's absurd. And then, you know, during the special, they talked about how they found a book and, Rebecca's room about knots and they had uh, one of the police department people actually tie themselves up the same way Rebecca was tied up. I mean, it looked like it would be fairly easy to do. But here's the thing. If you're, you know, their whole premise was that she was really upset about the injury to Max and the fact that they didn't know if he was going to live. And as a matter of fact, I think that night she had gotten a phone call from Jonah that said, and maybe a voice message was left that said that he wasn't doing well and he wasn't, you know, they didn't think he was going to make it or something. So, um, so the premise was that, you know, that she was really upset about that and that's why she committed suicide. But it's like, seriously, like, you just happen to have this big long thing of rope and you happen to have this rope book with lot with, you know, with pictures and instructions on how to tie knots. And so you're going to go get that and you're going to study for like three or four hours and figure out how to do this before you actually commit suicide, you know, and on top of that naked and with your period. Uh, I, I mean, look, I it. think the whole thing Not to me seems, you know, it's all the, it's all the bits and pieces of it. Right. Is that, what a tragic thing to have happened to the to the little boy, right? Do we say how old the little boy was? Did I say that? Six, nine, six, six. I think he was six. Um, I mean, I, 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 I don't obviously I don't have kids. Um, but I just you know I can't imagine how fucking tragic that's got to be when you know you're watching a child. You know, is your responsibility, and something like that happens where you're in it. I mean, it's it's almost just like oh my god, this can't even be real. You know, and well, and and I could see where she could feel extremely guilty about it. Oh, but, I mean, the guilt, the level of guilt has got to be insane. Oh, yeah, you know, like wait, yeah. I mean, look, I, you know, I'll like I'll go buy like a, 
I'll buy something and then like the next day it's on sale and I have like an extreme amount of guilt that I didn't just wait to buy it later, you know? So Well, in most cases you can actually ask for a price adjustment, just so you know. Mm. Mm. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like a tar like Target that you know, if you bought something on Saturday night and on Sunday it went on sale, you could take it back. You could take yeah, your receipt. That's back not really what I'm I'm referring just, to. But yes, yes. No, that's I don't good, know what good you're to know. Referring but, to, but the guilt in that, in not in buying something, but in having this thing happen to this child, has got to be insane. Well, and right? it's not, and it's not even your child, so that's even double. I mean, you yeah, you're left in charge you know, of watching this kid, you know. Yeah. Um, but then you've got to think, okay, so that happens, right? And then she's found what two days later. So you know, in that two days, you know, I mean, there's probably all sorts of different emotions going on with her depending on how close, you know, the relationship is, you know, with, with Jonah, with the boyfriend, you know, but there's also got to be a part of him that like, he's got to be pissed off, you know, because there's got to be some anger there as well as the sadness and the shit over his, his child. Um, so then, okay. So then the weird fucking brother comes in from out of town and he's staying in the guest house. Now, I guess here's my thought on it, right? Is that with all, you know, it's all, I always feel weird saying like, well, if I was the guy, you know, because I don't, you know, I just, my brain doesn't work like that. But why would I, if I'm this weird brother, right, and all this shit has just happened to my brother's son, why would then I go and like try to sexually assault his girlfriend I don't know. It just seems very. And look, maybe the guy's a fucking weird pervert. But like, well, didn't he have an alcohol problem as well? Maybe it didn't say it in this article. Alcohol and drugs. I I think he was. I think he was inebriated that night, drinking, and I think that he might have had a drug problem as well. He he's not he's not the most upstanding citizen, for sure. And his brother Jonah did pay for his defense. Which is kind of suspicious as well. I mean, I, I mean, I could see where Jonah would be pissed off at Rebecca, angry, but I don't know. Do you think he put out a hit on her? Do you well, that's what I was going to say. Like, do we think that, right, do we think that this was kind of like an inside job, you know, where, jo- where Jonah's going like, hey, look, here's this fucking chick. She looks like she was way, you know, very much younger than Jonah, right? There was an age gap there, right? So is Jonah calling him Adam being like, yo, dude, you're the, you're the black sheep come into town and fucking handle this, you know, fix it, fix this. Right. Um, you know, but then also like the weird message on the wall, you know, like that's, that's weird, right? Like that's kind of a weird thing. Yeah. She saved him. Can now, can he save her? Is that, is that what it was? Or will you save her? I don't know. Uh, hold on, you know, here's it. the thing: as I as I could totally see her being depressed and committing suicide, but not in the way that not in the manner that she did it. I just, oh, I, you I'm know, trying to find the thing here. Where's the fucking? Where I mean, it's fucking huge mansion. Mansion. There's probably another place to hang yourself besides jumping over the balcony, naked and bound. I mean, that's just, you know, to me, that's that's the weird part. If they had found her totally clothed and hanging and not like, uh, and not bound like that, then I so- totally could f- buy the suicide thing. Mm. She saved him. Can he save her? I mean, what does that mean? You know? I don't know. Because then the boy, like the, the little boy ended up, you know, ended up passing away, you know? Um, I, 
I think it sounds like something that maybe uh, uh, somebody who's drunk or, you know, high on drugs might write. Why? Why is that? <laughs> Why is that? Just because they're delusional, they're just not thinking straight, you know, they're committing a murder. Oh, I don't know. I mean, somebody had to fucking plan the whole thing. I mean, it's not like it's not like one of those things where you, you know, in a in a in a minute you, you know, you fly off the handle and you push somebody and they strike their head and they die or you put your fingers around their neck, your wrist, and then you choke them. Of course, that takes several minutes to do that. But it's not it's not like if it's it seems to me like it's a very well planned you know, the rope, how it's tied, how tying the person together, the the gag. I mean, it's just, it's too fucking detailed to be spur of the moment. See, I disagree with you. I don't think that it, I actually, I don't think that it's planned out. To me, it seems like, okay, you had this girl, something happened, right? Something happened and then it's like, shit, now what? And then it's like, okay, we'll fucking, you know, tie her up, make it look like a suicide, Right, like just fucking tie, you know, tie the hands, tie the feet. The weird thing about like the hands and the feet, though, is that I'm wondering if like maybe that was, you know, maybe something had happened to her and she was tied up before. You know, let's just say this was an inside job. Let's say the brother Adam was responsible for it. You know, maybe, you know, I don't know. Maybe it was fucking. Maybe they were like, well, making, maybe maybe they were maybe. making love, and she was like, "Tie me up, Adam. Tie me well, up maybe, like Jonah never would." Maybe he no, maybe he sexually assaulted her and. I mean, she's naked, so, you know, maybe he sexually assaulted her and then tied her up because he didn't know what to do with her at that point. Or, you know, or hit her head a few times and she was knocked out, you know, and so he thought, oh, I'll just leave her like this then. Uh, That's what what I don't get. It's like, you know, where's the DNA? Where's the DNA? Where, you know, they say they found no fingerprints, no nothing. And And again, I have to question the adequacy of the investigation by the San Diego Police Department. But Sorry, it's, guys. But it's, it's, it's not just the... I mean, look, you go back... If you go back and you look at the uh, John Bonet murder scene, you know, or the whole John Bonet case, right? Like, they opened the house up to, like... Like, the neighbors were, like, fucking walking through the house. I know. You know I know. Like, and here's... I know. And here's the weird part, is that is that I feel like the police automatically fixate on one thing like with Rebecca Zahau she committed suicide so they're going to go about everything they have to do to prove that she committed suicide disregarding other things you know not keeping the crime scene you know pristine and you know intact letting people run through oh she committed suicide and like you said then days later they go back and they do an investigation well what's there nothing or just too much shit that they can't even they can't even, you know, muddle through it and decide who's, whose shoe print is this and who's, you know, whose DNA is that? I mean, it's just too crazy because they've totally contaminated the crime scene. Well, I think that, you know, you know and, I, and I think that, you know, everybody has it to a certain extent is that, you know, when you're presented with information regarding whatever, you, you come to a conclusion, right? And that conclusion might not always be right. But I think that, like, exactly what you're saying is that there's these issues where, all right, so what do we have? We have a woman hanging from the balcony, you know, and she's naked. All right, well, she fucking killed herself. And then, you know, and then you kind of form these things around that without necessarily looking at, 
Exactly. The bigger picture, right? The JonBenet Ramsey thing, right? What was it? Well, okay, we have a, it's a child kidnapped. We have a ransom note. We're fine. You know, she was taken but from I the house. But then it's like, oh, know, wait, she's I, dead in the basement? Oh, shit. You know? I think all of, well, and, and ever since they found her body, I think they focused on the parents. The father did it, or the brother did it, or the mother did it. Somebody in the house, <clears throat> and again, disregarding, you know, I mean, I think there was a, I think there was a window open in the basement or something, or, you know, I, I, it's just, again, I feel like, I feel, I see it happen all the time on these shows that I watch, and it's very, um, that's why I say, you know, it's important not to be surveilled, it's important not to be tracked by government, because if they want to make a crime, if they want to convict you, or or even accuse you of a crime, they could probably put together enough footage and enough of this and enough of that to prove a case without looking at anything else. And that's, you know, and it's like I said, it's always really frightening when something happens to the spouse, the other spouse is the first one to be suspected. Well, you I know? think that, that, yeah, but I think typically, you know, what is it, 80% of the time, like that is who has done it, you know? Um, yeah, I, yes, but, you know, but, like I just watched the show last night and it, it was a ID show and this guy was accused of killing this guy was a real womanizer and he was out, you know, having sex with 10 or 15 women. But he was also having this affair with this woman in his office who was married. Anyway, he got her pregnant and she turned up dead like seriously like 9 months pregnant. The baby was dead, the woman was dead. And they accused the boyfriend who got her pregnant. And they took him to trial twice. And they they acquitted him both times because they couldn't, there was just not enough evidence to prove it. But this is where the cops wanted it. This is where they wanted, this is where they thought all the evidence pointed to. But a jury didn't necessarily think that. So, you know, whether or not he's guilty or not guilty, I don't know to this day. But but it's just a prime example of the cops building the case against you. But you I know? think that I think that you have to look at, you know, it's. I think typically it's it's rare that it's oh this rain like something like for example I was going to ask you the I was going to ask you this question like in the Rebecca Zahau case right do we think that it could have just been a random intruder that came into the house that broke into the house that night or maybe someone she no. knew. <clears throat> No. Right. So, so then is it, so then I think that it has to be more fair to say, well, we have to look at Adam. We have to look at Jonah. We have to, you know, I watched this, um, I think last week or two weeks ago, I watched it. It was probably last week. I watched this, um, this thing on Netflix called American Murder, The Family Next Door. And I was like, oh, I don't know yeah. what this is, but this is right up, you know, this is right up Josh and Mom Josh. Right up Josh's alley. Yeah. Really? Was it good? Yeah, it was great. You should watch it. It's fantastic. I think you'd love it. Um, but What's it's interesting because it it's again? Uh, American Murder, the family next door, and it's essentially it was, on, it was on Netflix. It's on Netflix, yeah. And it's a the it's this case about this um, husband and wife, Chris Watts, uh, and the wife. I don't like the wife's name. Her name was Shanann. <laughs> oh, I've already seen this story. Shanann. Yeah, I can't remember. Go ahead, tell me. I'll I'll, I'll fill in the gaps for you. So I've essentially, it. so it's interesting the way that it's shot because it basically uses like all the police footage and uh, 
like text message like it, it was put together very well um to make it makes it like very engrossing you know you're like wow okay what's going on but so wife comes home they have two kids she's pregnant wife comes home shanann comes home from this trip and she gets in late and <clears throat> chris watts the husband goes to work in the morning and shanann's friends cannot get a hold of her they call the police police come the girls are gone the, the two daughters are gone shanann is gone Chris Watts comes home from work. He's like, what the fuck has happened? What's going on? And like, and they found him in the grain in the grain bins. Uh, I think they were at oil tanks, but yeah, oil tanks. Yeah. But like he, yeah. he's sitting there talking to the police officer saying, look, I don't know. This is really unlike my wife. I can't believe the girls are gone. They took their blankies, you know, whatever he goes in, he talks to the fucking police. He gives his statement. He, he fucking, they have a ring doorbell. Of course I didn't capture nothing. Um, the, really good luck yeah good luck <laughs> that ain't gonna tell you anything um yeah, it'll give you it'll give you the first 20 seconds of the crime yeah that's it <laughs> oh is that a, is that a is that a black truck oh too, oh, too bad it turned off i didn't get the license out, plate really. you know say Damn. fuck you ring doorbell um yeah. and then he goes in and even he does a fucking polygraph test and the woman's just like look we're it. we're gonna know we're gonna fucking know so you know you can tell us now or we can do the polygraph test he's like look i'm telling you i'm telling you guys everything does the polygraph test, fails the polygraph test, like miserably. Yeah. The detective and the polygraph lady are like, look, you failed the fucking test. Where's where's your wife? Where's the kids? The wife, I think, was pregnant. Did I already say that? The wife was pregnant. Yeah, yeah. And then they find out that he was having an affair with some like younger chick at work, A, B. They're like, hey, this is your fucking family. Like, you got it. What, what did you do? And he's like, I didn't fucking do anything. And then he's like being recorded on uh like the camera inside this like interrogation room and he's like look i guess he'd been there for like six hours he's like i want to talk to my dad so his dad comes in and then he's like it's just him and his dad just chris watts and the dad and the dad's like hey what's you know what fucking happened what's going on you know and he's like it was her she fucking she she killed the kids she strangled the girls and then i i had to strangle her and then he's like oh my god what you know, and he's like, I, I had to, I, I had, I got so mad. I got so mad and I had to revenge the death of the girls. And the dad's like, what? You know, like, and then the cops come back in and they're like, where are the bodies? You know, and it turns out he like buried Shanann and then threw these girls in these fucking oil tanks. Anyway, he ends up pleading guilty to like all the fucking murders, um, and so then it t- goes back on the whole thing that like Shanann killed the, the daughters. But my point in all this is that, you know, when you're like, oh, they automatically assume it's the fucking husband or whatever, or the spouse or the partner. Well, that's fucking what it usually is. Like, I mean, this case in particular shows like she didn't just disappear out of fucking thin air. You know, the truth of the matter was, is like he fucking killed her. He rolled her up in a sheet, put her in the fucking <clears throat> truck and then and then picks up his girl his daughters i mean how fucking traumatizing this picks his daughter up his two daughters puts them in the truck next to their wife the mom who's dead the dead mother yeah who's on the who's like lying on the floor behind the seats and they're like yeah. what's wrong with mommy and he's like oh she's just sleeping drives them out to the fucking place where he works some fucking middle of nowhere buries the mom and then puts fucking bags over the, the daughter's heads kills both the daughters and throws them in the fucking oil tank but what yeah. i'm saying is that this wasn't just some random schmo that showed up to the house and fucking killed this family. Like it was the husband because he was having this affair. You know who fucking knows, right? Like 
File for fucking divorce. Well, be a man. File I, for divorce and just be like, yo, I'm fucking done. I can't do this anymore. You, ha- you know? You have to you have to um you guys are like, oh maybe if I kill my wife and my two daughters and my unborn oh, child, listen, I, maybe I'll I've, live happily heard, ever after with fucking Beth Ann, you know, down the I've road. Heard, I've heard I've heard really religious women say you know that my my church doesn't believe in divorce, so I killed my husband Fuck. instead. It's like, it's like seriously, like divorce is worse than murder. I don't know, I don't get it, but that's that's somebody's logic out there. I mean, there are a lot of women that I've seen, you know, shows where they say that it's like, you know, she didn't want the stigma of being divorced, or the or the church would, you know, the church would just uh, excommunicate her if she was divorced. So she commits a murder instead. I'm insane. Sure she insane. She'd get away with it. Insane. But, yeah. but see, and like, and yeah. the thing is too is that I think that in this day and age, with all the social media, because they play all these like text messages from like Shanann to her friend. It's actually kind of fun to say now, Shanann. Shanann. Um, you got to do like more of like a Shanann. You got to do it like that. I know. I don't. I don't know. That's a weird name. Give it to me. Shanann. There you go. Yeah, it's S H A N apostrophe. A N Shanann. What if? What if? <laughs> you should have named uh, Sam. Weird. Saman Nan. <laughs> Saman. Saman. No, I mean, it's just that's just too weird. Especially, I don't know names with apostrophes. And apostrophes are supposed to show, you know, like ownership or. Well, it was. You know, it was apostrophe ass, and 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 apostrophe belonged and belonged to Shan Shanann. Yeah. Um. But well, I think with like, lo- with- let me just say in that in that case, uh, you know, there's a lot of evidence that points to the to the husband for sure. But there are some cases where the evidence is very flimsy. Like, you know, like how can somebody commit the murder, you know, a gruesome, bloody murder, clean up, and be, you know, halfway across town in 30 minutes? I mean, it, it, there's just there are instances instances where. You see the police trying to sell or the prosecutors trying to sell that narrative and it's just not, it's, you know, or, you know, but nowadays like they have the cell phones pinging and they can, you know, I'm going to tell you, they know exactly where you are with your cell phone. Well, that's what I was going to say is like, I think that with where technology is nowadays and social media presence, like you ain't getting by on this shit. You know, you're not, you're not fucking, you're having an affair. They're going to fucking find out, you know, you there. And like, they, they could tell by like the pings on the cell phone where he was driving around all day that day. Yeah. You know? So I'm just like, buddy, like you don't stand a chance. What a, what a, what a horrible idea you came up with here, you know? So, you know, so again, so to get back to like Rebecca's the how, you know, I just wonder if again, you know, maybe this was not Adam, uh, acting alone maybe this or maybe or maybe this was a call from the the mom of the kid of max's mom you know jonah's ex-wife being like jonah you gotta murder yeah like this is fucked you gotta you gotta fix this shit or or maybe she called maybe she called somebody in you know maybe she didn't even call jonah and say anything maybe she just said hey this bitch is going down right um because that's i mean look that's that's a lot yeah that's a big huge possibility but again you know, nobody else was investigated. I mean, they, I, you know, from what I understand, again, they kind of blew the crime scene. They kind of, you know, it was like the same type of thing where, oh, that, you know, she committed suicide. Well, but also, though, not to, and look, I'm not, in no way am I 
you know, I'm very, I like to, I like to ride straight down the middle. You know, I'm not taking sides here, but like, look, on a, from a police point of view, you know, it's got to be frustrating to investigate a crime scene where maybe there is not a lot of like stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe, maybe you're just like, all right, so fuck, we're not, we don't have any fingerprints here. Or, hey, you, you let the fucking other, the, the, the deputies come in and walk all the fucking around here. So now we, now we're fucked, you know? So like, so what do you yeah. do at that point? You can't just, you know, I mean, as a, as a police officer or, or whatever, or detective, like you can't just start pointing fingers. You can't just say, you can't say, oh, here was this person. Like, I think, I think they do. I think that's what happens is they do start pointing. I mean, they start pointing fingers at one suspect, not at each other for being incompetent. No, but I'm saying like, you can't just sit they there. And, you cover can't, for each other. Right. But you can't look at Max's mom and say, well, maybe she called someone and arranged, like you can't do that. You can't just cre- start creating scenarios. You know, I think you can look at Adam, the brother Adam well, Shicknight. You maybe maybe you look and see if there's any. Maybe you check bank records and see if there's any anybody's been paid off a large amount of money. I, you know, I don't know. <clears throat> I mean, there. You know, I'm sure there's. Or maybe you. You know, you look for associates of people, and I don't know. I don't know how you find if. But so, I just imagine in a third person. But at some to point, commit a murder. You've got to. You've got to come up to a dead end. You know. So you're so. But I think if, as, wouldn't you? But wouldn't you say, okay, like if I want you, mur- if I want to pay you to go murder somebody, wouldn't you say I want you to make it look like suicide? So you wouldn't go through this whole binding and nakedness. You know what I'm saying? I mean, look, I get it. Right? You just but, go and fucking do it. You'd either shoot her, slit her, her, you know, slit her throat, or um, or just throw her off the balcony, fully clothed. Unless you come to the house and she's in the bathtub or something, I don't know. Yeah, That's I mean, look, the, the whole the whole thing is very like, if I was sitting in the room with you know police and detectives, you know, I would be sitting there saying, guys, this thing's fucking weird, you know, like this is fucking weird. This is a weird way to find a body that, quote unquote, we're pushing a suicide, right? Like, who does this? But again, look, you know, like fucking, I don't want to play devil's advocate. I like to roll down the middle, but. <laughs> You know that's what I like about you. You're I know. always rolling know. right down the fucking I'm just, middle. It's like take a side, you was. I'm just rolling down the middle. Um, I, they call me Switzerland. I'm uh, totally neutral. In as, case you don't know what that means, as Fred Durst, Switzer- Switzerland used to be totally neutral on everything. They still same are. same here, baby. Same here. As Fred Durst yeah. used to say, "Rolling, rolling, rolling, rolling." Yeah, I didn't know he said that. Um, I don't know why that even makes a difference. But, so, okay. I like to roll right down the middle. So, you know, look, flip it, right? Maybe nothing. Maybe Adam and Jonah and the mom didn't do anything. You know, maybe this was a fucking suicide. And maybe, you know, she's deep in depression and she's deep in grief and, and, and yeah, she's. See now, yeah, see, now we're, we're attributing the, uh, the psychological aspects of a Elisa Lamb onto Rebecca Zahau. But I think that you have to look at it though, because how many, you know, if you go back and you listen to our Elisa Lamb, and look, granted, I think, you know, we are very, you know, we take everything we say with a grain of salt, you know, but like, you know, we we're, we we have fun, like we, we're, you know, but we had all these theories about Elisa Lamb, you know, it, was it a ghost? Was it was she playing the the Korean elevator game, transferring herself to another portal, another dimension? You know, <laughs> did she get lost in the dimension? Uh, you know, yeah, yeah, I mean, this, yeah, you know, this was shit. That we, this was real shit we talked about. And then we watched this fucking four part documentary, and we come back, and we're like, oh, I guess she was fucking. She had some mental health issues. 
went up there. And well, again. again, you know, had they had they just fought, I mean, seriously, like had that been well publicized in the beginning and the fact that the hatch on the water tank was open when it was found. I mean, that's the thing is when when you and I first heard about the story, I never heard that the I heard the water tank was closed. No. Yes. Yeah. The same here. That's you know I was the and information I, I was I presented with was that the only way to get up on the roof was through a door which you know let off an alarm and that she, you know she was found in this water tank and the hatch was the hatch was uh, was wow. was closed. I gotta say if I was fucking a police officer though. Wait, I take that back. I'm not fucking police officers. That was weird. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to go ahead. Slip of the tongue. Could, oh, if I was out there fucking a police officer. Um, yeah, let me try that again. Fucking police Whew, officer. That was a, weird. If yeah. I was a police officer and I was in charge of searching this rooftop, right? I would have climbed like that's like so beyond me. Like, hey, with these four, these four. Jo- I mean, I, I guess I don't know. Josh, hind- hindsight, right? Hindsight. Josh they, Josh, they did it at night. They did it with the light of helicopters. Right, but I would have been the first. It's like I- it's like stop it, you guys. Go back the next fucking morning and look again, because guess what? It's fucking dark. But even if it's dark, though, you right? Know? If you're up there and you've got your little flashlights out, like. I would have climbed up and been like, "That's the weird ladder, that water yep. tank. There's that where water tank has that hatch open. That's that's kind of an odd thing to look at here, huh? Out well, of the four. Yeah, what I'm saying is that during a daytime search, they might have actually noticed that. They might have climbed up the ladder and seen that the thing was was open. I don't. I just don't think they. I don't think they. I don't think you can do a thorough search of an outdoor area. At nighttime. Well, I also think, I also think, I mean, let's be honest, right? Hindsight's twenty twenty, right? So it's far easier to find, it's far easier to find the needle in the haystack when you know where the needle is, right? If you don't know where the, if you don't know where the needle is, right? If this body could be anywhere in the fucking Los Angeles County, maybe you are like, hey, yeah, we looked at the fucking rooftop, you know? Yeah, but, but, yeah, but if the helicopter flew over during the day, I bet they would have seen it. No, I, no, they wouldn't have seen the body. They would have seen the water tank no, they would have, with the they hatch open. I'm sure that they saw the water tank with the hatch open at night. They were probably like, fucking, it's a water tank. No big deal. You know, fuck, we're over here fucking police officers. <laughs> All right. I don't see. I see. I, I just feel like that. I feel like that was um, negligence on their part that they sh- that 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 they should have searched the rooftop if they want to do it at night. Like because, oh, w- you know, we think she might be up here. Then do it at night, but you have to go back the next day and, you know, do a really thorough search because, I mean, that's where she was, for God's sakes. They should have found her. I agree. I agree. Uh, but and, do, but as, the, and as far as Rebecca Zahau goes, I don't think she committed suicide. I just don't think that. Well, I'm just saying I think it's important to I think it's important to talk about that angle because that is an angle. And because that is a possibility is that she could have been like, fuck, I'm distraught. I'm grieving. You know, I'm, I, I cannot live with myself. I mean, that's heavy. Well, I think let me pull out the book and figure well, out. How to I mean, look, but yeah, it's weird. Right. But so <clears throat> is mean, the fucking, yeah. so is the Elisa we, Lamb thing is like, let me take, I know, but Elisa Lamb, we find out has really bad mental problems. We right, haven't but, heard that but about maybe, Rebecca Zahau. True, but we haven't heard a lot about Rebecca Zahau. But what if this was something that triggered something? Like it triggered a full fucking breakdown. Look, I'm not I'm not ruling anything out. I'm, I'm rolling straight down the line, the middle here. You know, I'm just saying, you got to look at this part of it too, is that 
maybe she was like, fuck, I'm so distraught. This is all my fault. Jonah's never going to love me. Let me rip off my me. clothes, tie up my hands, gag my mouth, and jump over the balcony. A little weird. Come on. It's a little strange. Yeah, I little mean, strange. it's very weird. I mean, you know, again, you want to jump over the balcony, leave your hands free, have your clothes on. Again, as a woman, I'm going to tell you, I mean, would you commit suicide naked I as a think, man? I think that the whole, that any piece of that you could take like you could take like one piece away and it would like oh okay it's just suicide right like it was just like, it was like a little too far right like if she was yeah, naked I, but not but her hands and feet weren't tied up you'd be like okay well that's weird but okay like if she had clothes on but her hands and feet were tied up you'd be like oh okay well maybe she just you know if yeah. if her hands and feet were tied weren't tied up but she had a thing in her mouth but then she was also close like if you just took like one piece away, I feel like it wouldn't be as weird and bizarre. But it's the fact that like yeah. she was naked, the fucking rope was all the way across the fucking room in the bedroom. She was gagged. She her hands and legs were tied, so now she's hopping over the balcony. Like holy shit, you know? And yeah, and she's I mean, not. And she's this tiny little gal again. You know, she wasn't very tall. She wasn't. You know, I mean, that's the thing is the. The height of the balcony. I mean, she. It would have been quite a leap for her. It was like a. What was it? With like pole vault. Like she's doing like a pole yeah, vault. Yeah, exactly. She's, she's doing she's a pole vault. Hand she's, tied up. She's tied up. I mean, it's, it's like, like pogoing no. to the fucking edge of the balcony. I, and, you know what? And the thing is, is that I feel like I feel like if somebody was hired to do it, or if somebody. That's why I feel like it was the brother, and that maybe he was drunk because, or on drugs because, it's just that bizarre. You know, if you hired somebody to kill somebody and you said, I want I want you to make it look like a suicide, you're not going to rip off somebody's clothes, strip them down naked, you know, tie up their hands and then throw them off the balcony. If the brother sexually assaulted her and maybe now she's unconscious, maybe he ties her up and, you know, and that's why I'm saying, you know, it's just kind of like a demented kind of way to present a murder. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's very strange. I'm surprised that it was not, you know, at least from the stuff that I've found. I haven't watched that ID that ID thing, but I'm so it feels like it was not investigated further, right? It feels like it was kind of like, hey, no, this they is what did. It was. They, they they actually reopened the case because, uh, or maybe they didn't. I mean, the 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 Sahau family. Um, I don't know if they requested that they reopen the case and maybe it wasn't reopened um, criminally, but I do, I did know about the, uh, the um, civil suit and I knew that uh, what's his name? Adam had lost the case. So, you know, he owes them like millions of dollars, which he'll never pay. So but. that's what I understand though. Is it like, so you lose the civil case, but then you can't, which basically shows that like somehow you were involved, right, or responsible, but then you can't be, you can't have a criminal case because there's no charges to be brought against you. Well, I think this, I think the, um, I think the bar for guilt is a lot higher in a criminal case than in a civil case. So I, I don't, I, I don't think it one has to do anything with the other. I think you can do both. But it seems to me that people file a civil case because they usually lose or are unable to get a criminal case. So, but 
I think that you can ha- you can really do both, not simultaneously probably, but um, but the civil case would be to recoup some sort of monetary value for the person's life, for the stress or whatever, and the criminal case would be actually to convict the killer, to find somebody guilty, and you know send them to prison to pay for the crime. So I just I just think that you have to have. I think in a criminal case you have to ha- there's a higher standard of proof and I don't know that the police department had that. And on top of that, like I said if you I don't know if you've watched it but I'm sure it's the ID special that I saw where they actually have a police officer, a female police officer who binds her hands exactly like Rebecca's are bound. But you know, it's not something I, I mean, I, I couldn't do it unless I pulled out a book and, you know, and started reading about it. And, you know, what, <laughs> I mean, I'd have to give myself lessons. I wouldn't be able to do it easily, number one. And number two, if I was really suicidal, that would be the last fucking thing on my mind. How I'm going to tie up my hands, you yeah, know? Yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, I just, people do weird shit, you know? And, you know, like I'm reminded of, you know, this was very tragic, but <clears throat> I think a couple of years ago there was a magician who committed suicide at the Magic Castle. And it was one of those things where like he was performing, he was a performer for the week, and we got to wrap this up soon, but he was a performer for the week. He, I think he had done his first show in the room that he was performing in, and then he when the uh, like the MC or whatever came in to check on him to get to make sure he was ready for like the second show, uh, he was found in like the little backstage area. He had hung himself. And there was all these reports that had come out in the beginning that he was like just in his boxers. And I think those were false. I think he was fully clothed. But my point in all this is that he did not live in Southern California. He did not live in Los Angeles. He lived back East somewhere, I believe, or Midwest. He had a wife. He had two kids. And there was rumors that he had been not doing, you know, well mentally. He had been off for quite some time. He had been suffering some depression, which is a real serious thing. You know, I mean, you get into some of the people that we've lost over the last years, you know, the you know rock stars. and. But I always thought it was so interesting that this person, this magician, had to have gone to a store to buy the rope. You know what I'm saying? Like it had to have been thought out enough to where it was like, and maybe he didn't get it that day. I mean, maybe he had it with him, right? But at some point he had to buy the rope to be like, I'm going to do this. And then why the magic castle? You know, everyone says, well, that was his safe place or whatever. But I look at it and I'm like, man, how fucking morbid. Like you killed yourself in between shows or whatever. And like the magic castle was fucking, was packed full of people that night, you know? And it just seemed well. Maybe, maybe that's how he wanted to go out, like as a, you know, I mean, again, you hear about these people. I mean, it's it's different thing, but like these mass murderers, where they, you know, like I again, I saw a show last night where these two boys, these two brothers, killed pretty much their whole family, and then their plan was to start a trip across country and just shoot people, just shoot and kill people. So you know, it's like. They wanted to go out famous, you know, so maybe that had something to do with it. You know, my my life's been worthless, but now I'm going to 
you know, this is my safe space. This will, you know, it just adds to the mystique of the magic castle. But see, I don't, I don't take, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I take it. I mean, again, a lot of the reports were that this was, he felt safe. He felt himself. He felt he was among friends. Wasn't there a gal who fell off the, the roof or something? Mm, I don't think so. Um, but, but I was, mm, no, but I always thought that it was, um, Oh, there was not the magic castle roof. Yeah, I think you're thinking was, it was somebody else. It was like a daughter or something, or an assistant who fell off of something. Yeah. Um, she was affiliated with the magic castle somehow. Yeah, in some sort of way. Yeah, yeah somehow. Um, but th- but again, this this case of this magician, I always thought was just it was such a bizarre way to kind of off yourself, you know, or, or to commit suicide. I just was always like, man, like. Why? Well, first of Why all, did you do it there? You know, well, first, yeah, but first of all, understand buying a rope in advance is not a big deal because people who commit suicide, it's not like, oh, the thought just came to me today and now I'm going to do it. It's probably a state of depression that they're in for quite some time. But what I'm saying though is that prior. because he traveled, right, it wasn't like he was home and he just did this and he picked it up months ago at the hardware store. Like he traveled, right? So yeah. maybe he did pick it up. But then he packed it, right? Maybe he bought it when he got when he arrived in L.A. Maybe he bought it the day of. I, no one knows, right? No one knows this. But the whole thing leading up, my my whole point in all this is that to me it was bizarre. It was a bizarre kind of way to do it, right? So to go back to the Rebecca Zahau thing was that I don't think you can rule out that like suicide or taking one's own life cannot be bizarre or strange or weird. I don't necessarily think that that's what happened with Rebecca Zahau, but I think that it's worth, you know, it's worth mentioning that that is, it's possible, you know? Yeah. I mean, it is possible, but I don't think that's what happened either. So there you go. I don't know how we're going to find out ever the real, the real truth. Well, hopefully someone comes, comes forth because my mom, because my mom, Sandy PI, Sandy Fasten PI is, uh, She's she's been on the case for quite some time. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna try to see if I can find this on uh, investigation discovery on demand when we when we wrap this up. I'm, now I'm now I'm curious. I want I want more details. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, you'll you'll enjoy it. I did watch it. I mean, I, I wouldn't mind watching it again. But uh, there's something that just released on Netflix called like the the murder the Mormon murders or something. I don't know. I was like I don't even know what this is about, but I'm interested. Um, is, it, right. is that is that about the I probably I probably seen that one. You probably too. you probably know what the case is all about, Sandy. Uh, all right, let's wrap this thing up. Um, thank you guys for hanging with us for the last few weeks as we talk about true crime and and uh, murder and mystery, you, mysterious aren't we, murders. Aren't, aren't we gruesome and gross? What was the what were we going to call the podcast? <laughs> I don't know, gruesome, gross, and gory. Yeah, gory, gruesome, gross. Gory, gruesome, yeah. and gro- gross with yeah. Josh and Sandy. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, this is just another another uh, another piece of gross, the my yeah. mom Sandy uh, legacy. You know, is that her? Well, her if, you guys, if you guys have any additional information or any theories, you know, we're always open to covering those on our next podcast. So just shoot us an email or whatever. Yeah, or if you guys have things that you guys are curious about that you were like, oh, we want them to talk about it. I think a long time ago, I was like, oh, if you guys want us to talk about anything or answer any questions, just fucking message us. We'll, we'll do it. I mean, we're trying to stay off of the whole COVID thing. So, you know, if, if there's something in particular, we don't not, it doesn't have to be murder associated, you know, mystery cases, murder cases. 
Um, and of course, we'll have a new podcast that goes up every Tuesday. Uh, this one is actually because we're doing we're actually recording this midday Monday, so this will actually go up probably Monday by Monday evening. It'll be up. Uh, and then if you guys need to get a hold of us, mom, uh, my mom sounding podcast at gmail dot com. Wait, did you, wait, did you just say? At Am g- I right? Wait, did you just say at gmail dot com? <laughs> No. That's what what did I call like. it? A semen knot. A semen knot. I don't know. There's all these semen knots everywhere. <laughs> uh, they found them all over her body, semen knots. They found they found semen knots splattered in her hair. It was gross. Yeah. Again, you know, even though we were making jokes, we understand that it, somebody lost her life. And yeah, it's very, very tragic. Thing. Very tragic. Yeah. Um, so, wait, okay, so just, it was... My mom Sandy podcast at gmail.com or com. Yes, com. Com. Thank you. And Instagram, if they need to find us on Instagram because they want to follow us because they don't follow us already, how would they find us on Instagram? Uh, I don't know. My mom Sandy podcast. At my mom Sandy podcast. At my mom Sandy podcast. There you go. Uh, and then, yeah, you guys can always also text. If you know us directly, you can just track and text me because I'll talk about it. Uh, I still don't know what you my know, cousin Brian you, does for work. You know, when you do that, when you do that, uh, people really don't know what you're saying. They no, no, they do. They do. They Rodman tells me all the time. He's like, I know exactly what you're saying when you when you get all fucking close to the mic and you get all sensual. <laughs> That's just disgusting. That's my semen knot voice. There you go. <clears throat> all right. A semen knot kind of almost sounds like a like a like a seaman. It's a seaman knot. No, but it sounds like a like a different kind of like astronaut. You know, like <laughs> it's a ocean knot. No, that's not what it sounds like. But like, like they're checking off, like they're taking roll, you know, like, okay, so who are we sending up there to, uh, who are we sending up to the, in the Mars rover? It's like, all right, well, we got uh, four astronauts, two doctors and three semenauts. <laughs> three semenauts, really. There you go. I like that. It's I like, like that. it's like literally just three. It's like th- it's like three dropper droppers full of semen just in a Ziploc baggie. Those are our three our three semenots. It's like Sergeant Fasten, can you be in charge of these semenots? Oh, I've got them, sir. They're strapped to my to my my Sorry. my leg, my right leg. Yeah. All right, we need to go, Josh. All right. This is like this is like too fucking long. <clears throat> it's a long one. It's a long. I got one. shit to do. You know? Same. Um, all right, so I'll see you tomorrow. To You're gonna come in, or I might I might have a yeah. I'll see you tomorrow for taxes. We'll do taxes tomorrow. Tomorrow's tax all day. Right. All right. Well, let's um let's get off the air and then we'll talk about it. Okay, sounds good. All right, you wrap it up for everybody. All right, uh, everybody, be safe out there. And that was you know a little premature, said. huh? I know. You know what I always say. All right, very good. Mm-hmm.